Welcome on Indian Eagles fans to episode 31 of the No Huddle Show, our Philadelphia Eagles podcast on NJ.com. After what was a wild week where the Eagles, probably the most active team and aggressive team, they didn't spend the most money, but they made a ton of moves in the first week of free agency, the first week of the new league year. We're going to talk about it all right now, recap it and kind of reset where this Eagles franchise is right now. I'm Joe Gillio with me as always, Elliot Shore Parks and Mark Eckel. They cover the Eagles for NJ Advanced Media. Elliot, we'll start with you. Uh, Howie Roseman is kind of the story of the NFL right now. A guy that was banished last year, got his job back, and he got it back, and, and he just ran with it. I mean, every yeah. move last week, it felt like the Eagles were part of it. Yeah, they were certainly active, and that seems to always be the case with the Eagles. I mean, last offseason, you had Chip overhauling all of Howie's moves, and now you had Howie overhauling all Chip's moves. It's kind of like they're being run by like you know, like a high school drama or something. I don't know if this is the best way to uh, – build a franchise but I mean look they were certainly active I mean I think some of the moves were very good um the move to go from 13 to 8 and get rid of the contract Byron Maxwell contract I think was was a good one um I mean they need to replace Maxwell and I think that's kind of the theme with all the moves um in my opinion is they got rid of a lot of guys and look Howie has shown he can get rid of people now but let's see if he can bring them in I mean the guys they brought in are good players they're average to good players I mean they're not you know, defensive difference makers. They're not, you know, we'll see how the safety does. I do think Brandon Brooks will be good. Um, but overall, I mean, I think Howie's done a solid job, but I think he's far away from, you know, some of the Eagles fans already feel like he's doing an amazing job or he's a GM of the year. I think he's he's far away from that. Mark, where do you sit with, with the week Howie just had? I mean, what did he do? Well, he, I mean, he was very active. Obviously, they made a lot of moves. That don't make you good, it makes you active. He signed a bunch of guys, guys, that's all they are. He signed a bunch of guys, overpaid almost all of them. And now he's a, now he's the GM of the year. Now he's the greatest GM ever. Now he's the, I mean, anybody can overpay. That's, and then agents love you because you, you, you just made me some money. That's great. Who, I mean, what, who did he sign? He signed Brandon Brooks. Okay. And okay. He's okay. He's better than Matt Tobin. Well, you could have found a guy on the street better than Matt Tobin. I mean, he wasn't the best guard available. That was that was the the kid from Baltimore, Osamili, who went to, to the Raiders. You know, he wasn't as good as Alex Boone, who left San Fran to go to um, I forget where Alex Boone signed with, but he but he, he wasn't as good as him. The safety is a guy. I know there somebody called him a top ten safe top ten where in the state of Missouri. He, I mean, come on, he's okay. None of these guys, I, all these Eagle fans and, and media who are building these guys up to be these great, never heard of any of them a month ago, okay? There's a guy, I'm not going to mention any names, some guy didn't even know what team McLeod played for, and, was, and then a day later was telling me how, how, how great he was. Please. You know what I'm saying? I mean, just because the Eagles tell you these guys are good, doesn't make them good. Leotis McKelvin is finished. He can't play anymore. He didn't start for Buffalo. The other guys are backup. Brooks, Ron Brooks. Who's that? I, I, I covered the league pretty closely, I think. I never heard of him. A linebacker from Buffalo? Yeah, oh, man. Lawrence Taylor, look out. Come on. He signed a bunch. Of, Chase Daniel for that money? Please. I'm, I can't believe this guy's getting all this, all these accolades. Of, what a great job. The Giants did a great job. That's who did a good job. They got three guys that are, that are difference makers. All right, before we get into the individual moves and what we think of all of them, because like we were saying, the Eagles were very active with the trades and with the guys they brought in, whether or not they brought in good players or at mediocre or whatever. They were very active last week. We could kind of go through all of them. 
But Mark, you just mentioned overpaid. It made me think I, I saw a number on uh, Brandon Brooks, the guard they signed. And I know part of this is just because of, you know, money goes up every year in the league. But they gave Brandon Brooks a bigger signing bonus than any Eagle offensive lineman has ever gotten in franchise history. When I saw that, it just like blew me away. Exactly. That's my point, Joe. Anybody can, I could have done that. I mean, if, if you want to overpay, you can get anybody. I mean, but he overpaid for the wrong people. Why not spend a little, instead of spending, he spent like $8 million a year on Brooks, correct? Is that what it came out to? About I think it was five, four, 540 right? It was yeah, something around that year. Osamili got a lot too. He got overpaid too, but he was the best guard. He got like 11. So instead of spending, why not go for him and don't get Ron Brooks or whatever his name is? Don't get him. Don't get McKelvin because neither one of them are, are, are any good. So spend, go, see, I'm, I've always more been more about, about, about quality than quantity. I mean, first of all, the way you don't win by building through free agency. I think that's been proven time and again, hasn't it? Do we remember the dream team? I mean, Yes, that's not how you win. You fill in with free. You get a guy, you know, go get. I, I only wanted two players. That's all I wanted in free. I wanted to sign two good players. I wanted the guard and I wanted probably a safety, but not that safety. You know, I mean, instead they, they spend six guys. All, none of these guys are any, they're just guys. That's all they are. And they're not, I'll tell you right now, the team, this roster today is not better than the roster that ended the season against the Giants. It's, it's just, they're better at guard. That's it. I agree with that. First of all, tell us how you really feel about Howie, man. I'm, just, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not saying he's bad, but he's getting all this praise for doing what? Right. And that, that was kind of what I was saying. I mean, I agree with you. Like, if you had to rank the teams in the NFC East right now, I think yes. the are, yeah, they're, they're the worst. Yes. Yeah. And why is all the optimism, Elliot, from fans? Do you think it's just because, because they, he, they got rid of symbols of what Chip Kelly's era was? Because that's what it feels like to me. Like, oh, DeMarco's gone. Maxwell's gone. Alonzo's gone. And, and I think in a lot of people's minds, that's addition by subtraction just because they're not in the building anymore. I don't know if that's correct, but I think that's the feeling. Yeah, and I also think, you know, this is what makes Eagles fans so passionate is they'll, they'll support anything. I mean, if you go and look last year when the team traded for Sam Bradford, the initial reaction to that, the day of, was, was terrible. People were very upset about it. And within a week, everyone had convinced themselves he was going to be okay. So, I mean, in reality, I think Eagles fans are just optimistic people. Even though maybe they don't have that perception nationally. Until they see him play. They, yeah. Well, that's the thing. I mean, is Byron Maxwell was Byron Maxwell worth that contract? Probably not. Was Byron Max did Byron Maxwell have a good season last year? No. But Byron Maxwell, I mean, he's not a number one quarterback. So I agree. If the, if the Eagles don't think he's number one quarterback and they got rid of him, that's fine. Well, they still need to find a number one quarterback. I mean, Eric Rowe is not a number one quarterback. McKelvin certainly isn't a number one cornerback. I mean, maybe they'll re-sign Nolan Carroll, but he, as much as I like Carroll, I don't think he is a number one cornerback. He's probably better than Maxwell, though. So, yes, Howie did a good job getting rid of that contract. And the one we haven't even discussed yet, which I thought was Howie's best move of the entire offseason, was just getting rid of DeMarco Murray. That was his yeah, best I'll move. give him that. I'm sorry, yeah. bro. But, yeah, I don't I, – I, I didn't go there. I was just about the guys they brought in. Yes, being able to trade bad contracts is a, is a talent, and he was able to find – you know, Tennessee. Now, he didn't get much for him. I mean, he, he moved up in the – that says a lot. That, that All you were able to get for DeMarco Murray was to, to move up a few spots on in day three. But the fact he – But they got, got rid of that. No, I'm, right. I'm, not, I'm not ripping him for that. That was – that he found a team willing to take on DeMarco's contract and got something better than nothing. But, you know, um, that was good. I'll give him there. I will say that was – Howie, that was a good move. And to me, that was a better move than getting moving five spots up in the draft just because – in my opinion, from being around the team when Murray was there, 
This is not a guy you want back in the locker room if you're Doug Peterson. He's not a guy you want on the roster because if he's not getting the ball, the, the entire story every week is going to be, why is DeMarco not starting? And if he is getting the ball, he's shown he wasn't productive last year. Maybe he'll have a bounce back here in Tennessee, but this is a guy the Eagles absolutely had to get rid of. So to me, that was their best move. If I had to, if I had to rank their moves, I would say getting rid of Murray, number one, moving up five spots in the draft, number two, signing the uh, Brooks, number three. I'd probably put the safety four, the Bill, the uh, Bradham five, and then all the other moves, and then Chase Daniel at the very bottom. That would be those would be the moves. I mean, that Chase Daniel contract is unreal. How much they paid him to be a backup quarterback? Assuming he's if he's the backup, this was like one of the worst quarterbacks ever handed out to a backup quarterback in NFL history. I feel pretty confident saying that. I mean, he makes so much more money than all the other backups combined. It's it's not even funny. I mean, no other. I, I I'll I'll pull the numbers up. No other quarterback backup quarterback in the league has more than $7 million guaranteed in their contract. And that was to a rookie. So that wasn't handed out. I mean, 20 of the 32 backups in the NFL don't even make more than a million in guaranteed money. And Chase Daniels has 12. So you're either, you're either paying him to be the starter. I mean, he only 25 quarterbacks in the whole NFL make more money than he does. So you're either paying him to be the starter, in which case he probably got fair market value because he'll, he'll be one of the worst starting, starting quarterbacks in the league. Or you're paying him to be the backup, but – He's not the best backup in the league because he's basically done nothing in six years. And this isn't anything against Chase Daniels. It's just reality. He's only thrown 70 passes in six years. So the contract makes makes no sense on a ton of levels. And it it creates controversy because now, and we'll probably talk about this, now the topic is, oh, well, is, is this really Bradford's job? Are they going to trade Bradford? And you that's not what you want. You want your quarterback to know he's the guy. And this so the quarter the Chase Daniel one was was just as bad of a deal as the DeMarco Murray was a good one. You know, I, I couldn't agree with you more on that, Elliot, because and poor Sam Bradford. We 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 get on him more than most here. And I but I do like him personally. And poor Sam Bradford. He comes last year, he gets traded here last year, and for a, the first month that he's here, all he hears about, if he's listening or reads about if he's reading, is Marcus Mariota. Right? I mean that's all they're going to use him to trade to get Mariota and they're going to get, they're trying to start, they're still trying to get Mariota. So that's all he hears. They're not even selling his jersey in the store. <laughs> right. Then, all right, then they don't get Mariota. So now he's finally, okay, he's the guy. Now a year goes by, now his contract's up. And now he, do they want him back? Do they not want him back? Do, uh, is he coming back? Okay, they give him, they give him a nice deal. They give him a nice deal to, to come back. The ink's, the ink's not even dry on his, on his contract yet. And they signed Chase Daniel to, as you said, Elliot, an outrageous contract for a guy that's thrown 70 passes in his, in his career. In six years, a six-year career, not a two-year career. He's been in the league. Chase Daniels isn't a kid. They're, him and Bradford came out the same year. Bradford was the first pick of that draft. Chase Daniel went on draft. And not only did they sign him, like you guys are saying, and, and create this uh, potential quarterback controversy, they gave him a contract, Elliot, like you were saying, that's big on the surface for a backup, but then has all those escalators in it yep. that he gets significant money if he plays, which opens the door of if he's going to play or not. So let me take this question, and then we could go back into all the moves. What are the Eagles doing in your mind, Elliot, in terms of next season? I mean, obviously, I think a lot of the beginning of last week was, oh, Howie's just trying to clear out Chip's mess, and he traded away three guys, and, and that was part of that, and they moved up in the draft and all that kind of stuff. But then they signed some players along with Bradford coming back a few weeks ago. I mean, are the Eagles trying to go win a division next year? Is that what these moves were about? Are they just 
to me, it's hard to tell. Are they really all in to win next year? What do you read from all the moves? I think they're trying to win. I think it's a mistake, but I think they're trying to win. I mean, like you you said, the the, the guard, the guards, signing that guard, I mean, signing Bradford really set the tone. But I I, I think they're they're trying to win. I mean, they they got rid of the contracts, which is kind of a, you know, obviously like a rebuilding type of move. But I just think those were guys they didn't like. So I don't think this was them, you know, trading away a good player just to clear cap space. Um, yeah, I, I, I think they're, I think they're trying to win. I think it's, I don't, I don't think you think there's much of a debate about that. I don't think they're building for the future at all. Yeah, probably not. I mean, not, not with, like you said, oh. the money they gave out and the moves they gave out, but then did they, did they sign the right players, Mark, to oh, go to win no, next year? Oh, no, no, no. I, again, I could be wrong. And if I am, I'll be the first to say, if, if these guys are better, I'm not afraid to say, Hey, they, I was wrong. These guys are better than I thought they were. I thought Walter Thurman was better than I thought he was last year. He, well, they moved into a different position and he, and he played very well at safety. And I was the first one in line saying Walter Thurman's playing really well. I, when, when they signed him, I thought it, he was just a guy. So, I mean, there's, there is a chance that these guys are, but it's, I mean, again, I talked to some people in the league. They weren't, they, their opinions on these guys is what I'm basing it off. They're saying they're just average guys. I don't think this team's any better. Than, they're better at guard. It's the only spot in my mind that they've improved. The secondary's not better. How would you how would you rank their their moves? I mean, which do you, which do you like the Murray one? I guess. Yeah, I, I don't hate Murray as much as you do. But yeah, I, I don't think but, he's. But it was good getting rid. It was good. I like getting rid of his contract. I don't. I mean, they again though. Like they haven't replaced him. They don't have a running back to take his place yet. Well, I think Ryan Matthews is just as good. For how many games he gonna play? Yeah, that's fair. He he never plays a whole season. He was hurt at the end of last year. I mean. Yeah, Matthews, when he's healthy, is pretty good, but he's never healthy. So, all right, then, all right, I'll, I'll keep going then. All right, if Ryan Matthews is DeMar, then who, who takes Ryan Matthews' spot as the second guy? They're going to they're gonna have to draft a guy, right? Yeah, that, yeah, they'll draft a guy for sure. Right, and we don't know if he'll be good or not because God knows Eagles haven't always hit home runs in a draft. <laughs> so we don't know. I mean, Nolan, Nolan, Karen, Nolan Carroll and Byron Maxwell weren't the greatest corners in the world. They're better than what the Eagles have now. Here's here, here here's what I would say. I mean, obviously, I think we're both coming across as pretty negative right now. But the reality is this. The Eagles trio, the three most important people in, in the Eagles organization right now, outside of Jeffrey Lurie, Howie Roseman, Doug Peterson, Sam Bradford. So those are I mean, those three are not exactly the most, I don't want to say accomplished, but I mean, there's a lot of uncertainty around the Eagles right now. There's not a lot to, I mean, when you look at the, the roster, Fletcher Cox, you can feel good about. Um, you know, there's obviously certain players, but the majority of this roster is extremely, it's unknown because the person that's building it, Howie Roseman has never shown he can build a winning football team. So I think it's completely fair. I mean, so you mentioned Joe, like why are fans so optimistic? I I have no idea because none of those three people have ever shown they can be, be winning, can, can win at their job in the NFL. Do you guys think it's scary how much they seem to be leaning on uh, the coaching staff to pick these players. Yes. And here, see, here's here's yeah, what I before like, we go. Here's what I see. I see Doug Peterson obviously loves Chase Daniel, and that's why he's here. And then every guy they signed on defense, it seemed like last week. Maybe not McLeod so much because he doesn't have a relationship with with Jim Schwartz. But Brooks, the corner, who was probably a special teamer, McKelvin, who obviously used to be pretty good before he, you know he's older now, and Nigel Bradham. Everyone kept bringing up the year he had two years ago. 
with Jim Schwartz in Buffalo. Now, I think we all think Jim Schwartz is good at what he does. Right. But it's But it seems like Howie Roseman has kind of asked his coaches, who do you like, and then went out and got those guys. Is that the right way to go about this, Mark? No. <laughs> I mind. I mean, that's, you know, coaches have favor. I mean, here's what, here's another problem I have. And Jim Schwartz is a good coordinator. I'm not, he's not Jim Johnson. Let's not get carried away, but he's, he's, he's good. He's okay. But, you know, Tim Kelly got ripped for his personnel moves. All right. But I don't, and we don't, and we'll never know who, whose personnel moves were who. Like last year, we know it was all Chip, but like some of the guys that Chip brought in, or most of them, other than Sam Bradford, were guys that came from winning organizations. You know, he signed Malcolm Jenkins from the Saints who had won a Super Bowl and been to the playoffs a few times. Um, Darren Sproles from the Saints after they beat them in the playoffs. Um, I'm trying to think of other guys. Even Murray coming off the Cowboy 12-4 and four season. They signed a bunch of guys from the Buffalo Bills who haven't been to the playoffs since when? Like 100 years or whatever it is? Was it Doug Flutie or... Yeah. Here's, here's why I'm okay with. Sign a guy from the Rams and never been never been to the play. Like he's not signing winners. Oh, Seattle, like Maxwell, two Super. Say what you want about Byron Maxwell. The man went to two Super Bowls. Walter Thurman went to a Super Bowl. I mean, they're winners. They know how to win. He, he, they, they, they brought in a bunch of guys that are going to be okay going eight and eight. Okay. Here's why. Here's why I'm okay with it though. Why? Because because one, I don't think Howie has shown he can evaluate talent. So it's, so it's not like. You know, they're putting aside Aussie, Aussie news or whatever, right? So the second thing I'll say is this, though. I think if you're Jim Schwartz and you're going to be coaching the defense, I think he knows more about what he wants from his players than how he does. And I think he should be allowed to bring those guys in. Now, do I think they're good signings? I mean, I like we already talked about, I think they're all like average, okay signings. But I, I don't think – I think you're better off letting Jim Schwartz tell – Tell Howie who he wants, than Howie telling Jim Schwartz who he should coach. It was Howie's job. <laughs> Manage that cap. I don't know. <laughs> okay. well, right, I'll give you that. He's, he is good at that. He's no, and he, all, he will give him credit there. He's good at. But but on the counter side, I think that allowing Doug Peterson to value Chase Daniel so much is a huge mistake. Well, I also, I also think it's funny how people are like, oh well, he, well he knows uh, Doug Peterson's offense. Like Doug Peterson, I'm, I'm assuming is going to run the same. Offense eighty three, which is like the basic West Coast offense. I really don't think I think any quarterback. If you're in the NFL, you should be able to learn that offense with the half, entire half the team's playing now. Right, exactly. So I think Doug Peterson wanted his guy. I mean, look, whoever Chase Daniels' agent, I have to look it up. It did an awesome job because either there were actually a, maybe there was a ton of out, of market out. Maybe there was a big market out there for Chase Daniel. I, I thought I saw somewhere there were six teams interested. I can't imagine there were teams interested at that price. I would be stunned if Chase Daniel signed somewhere else and got that type of money. Put it that way. I agree. And, or if he did, he would be the starter. Which right. he might be here. No, I'm just kidding. Well, no, you're, get, let's get back to that because that's, I think, what Elliot said earlier. And I started to say about Brad, like, poor Sam Bradford. And I hate, I mean, I mean, I shouldn't say poor, poor is a bad word when you're making $18 million, but unfortunate Sam Bradford. I mean, he has to go through this now where. He knows that his backup, and I'm, I give Peterson credit at the press conference uh, a couple of days ago. This is this is what Monday, so when was that Thursday? He made, Peterson came out before he was even asked a question. He he volunteered. Sam Bradford is my starter. That's the way. No no question about it. I don't, I'm going to clear this up right right here. But good good move. Good move, Doug. Uh-huh. But but you're Sam Bradford. 
you're you're the starter. The coach has told you you're the starter, told everybody you're the starter. But you open the season and you lose opening day to whoever they play. They play the, I don't know, the Cowboys opening day and, and they lose. And he doesn't play that great. Well, now he's, and then he knows Daniel is, is the coach's boy, right? Everybody knows that. That's the coach who brought his boy in. He knows him from Kansas City. So, I mean, Bradford is going to be, is going to be looking over his shoulder all year. Yeah. Of course he is. And then I think it goes towards what, what is the future here of this position? Because, I mean, it's not hard for anyone to see that Chase Daniel got a longer contract than Sam Bradford. I understand contracts aren't guaranteed. It doesn't really mean anything, but that's out there for everyone to see. They gave Chase Daniel more years than Sam Bradford. And if you just look at the cap hits for next year, I think they combine for a $30 million cap hit next year, which means after this season, they, something has to change, right, Elliot? Like the Eagles won't go into next season or two seasons from where we sit right now with $30 million tied into Sam Bradford and Chase Daniel well, on the cap, right? I think next year that – I think that $30 million cap hit, I think that might be high, right? Because I think Bradford's like 12 or 13, and Daniel, I think, is five or six. But regardless. No, I mean, I mean in 2017. Oh, 2017. Right. Yeah, it's sorry, 22 right. and a half for Bradford. Oh, yeah, no, you're right. Eight yeah. for Daniel. That's 30. No, no. The chances of Sam Bradford mm-hmm. making $23 million in a cap hit in 2017 are slim. Because he'll either be good next season, in which case they'll tear up his deal and give him a new one. Or he'll be what he's always been, and they'll... <laughs> Cut him probably, you know. So I mean, the chance of making twenty three million dollar, twenty three million dollar two thousand seventeen are slim. But I agree with you. It's hard to really tell what the Eagles have planned here because it seems like they're confident enough in Sam Bradford to bring him back, but they're certainly not ready to commit to him for more than a year. But then with Chase Daniel, I think they're. I think the, if you were to tell me better chance of being on the roster in Week One this year, Chase Daniel or Sam Bradford, I would say Chase Daniel. If you told me better chance of being on the roster in 2017, Sam Bradford or Chase Daniel, I'd say Chase Daniel. doesn't mean Daniel's a starter, but I think the Eagles have shown far more faith in Chase Daniel than they have Sam Bradford. Which is amazing. Yes! <laughs> is, it it is it though? I mean, what is Sam Brad like? He's done a lot more than Chase Daniel. Yeah, you're right. He has. So right. Listen, all of us have been on the, the wrong side of Sam Bradford through his one year with the Eagles. And, and I think justifiably so. We have I, was say, I would argue it's the right side. Yeah. The correct <laughs> I'm side, whatever side, side you want to make. I'm at the wrong side for him. You know, We haven't been pro-Bradford, but we've been honest about him, I think. I, I, and he is what he is. He's a, he's better than some quarterbacks. He's not elite. That's what I've said all along about him. Yeah. Daniel, my God. Come on. I, I'll make the argument that Mark Sanchez is better. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think the only argument – did Mark, who did Mark Sanchez kill or rob or pillage before he left town? Because I mean, you you might have thought they they got rid of like the worst man that ever walked the face of the earth. Yeah, people I don't, don't for, people so never excited. forget an interception that loses the game. Apparently, that that seems what it is because he had two of those in two years, and it's like he's the worst yeah. quarterback of all time. He's not the greatest quarterback. He throws interceptions. When did they get a loaded case? I, I hope Case Daniel has to play a game. <laughs> I really hope. Well, he, he will because you know Bradford's not playing sixteen. I mean, God, that, that never happens. But. Taste, I mean, there's a reason the guy went undrafted. There's a reason. That's all I'm going to say. Well, how about this? Let's let's throw this hypothetical out there. What if Chase Daniel played? Let's say Bradford. The Eagles are 2-2. Two and two, Bradford, whatever, has to miss two games for whatever reason. And Chase Daniel is really good. Let's just say, right? Let's say he's really good. All right. So this is nonfiction. We're, we're doing right. uh, fiction, not nonfiction. Okay. Do, do the Eagles stick with him? I mean, like, this is the problem with that contract is – 
it, you could see a world where the Eagles commit to Chase Daniel as their quarterback ahead of Bradford, right? I mean, if, yeah. if he plays really good for three games next year and they win and he looks great, in what world are you better off with Sam Bradford? He makes more money and he's got more of the injury history. I mean, is, like, is that is that the real yeah, is that yeah. the real controversy here? I mean, we know who's going to start. The, the point is, could could Daniel win the job from Bradford if Bradford gets hurt? Yeah, I think he can, and and you're going to have people calling for it, especially because I think at that point you'd have people referencing the length of the contract because you could say, oh, Bradford, they could cut him in in March 2017 and get out of the damn deal. So you're going to have all the they, they've created that problem for themselves, and they may consider it a good thing because they have at least someone behind Bradford that Peterson is comfortable with. But, uh, Mark, I think they've created that if, yes. it, if it comes down that way next fall. Oh, absolutely they've created it. There's the stigma that, that, uh, that Daniel carries by being Peterson's guy. He's, I, mean, everybody, I mean, the reason Chase Daniel is an Eagle is because Doug, if the Eagles would have hired Adam Gaze instead of Doug Peterson, they wouldn't have signed Chase Daniel. They might have signed Brock Osweiler. Maybe. His guy, right? Right, whoever, right. I mean, whatever they would, or if they would have hired Ben McIntyre, they wouldn't have signed. The fact that I mean, Case Daniel is here because Doug Peterson is the head coach, and and maybe it works out great. I don't, I don't know. We'll find. I don't think it will, but let's find out. I mean, but that's why he's here. So that's yeah. So he's. I mean, you you could have made the argument, and we were talking about this, I believe, last year when when Bradford did get hurt, and Sanchez went in. Now Sanchez played horribly. I'm not going to, I like Sanchez, but he played horribly. He lost the Dolphin game. He didn't play well in the two blowouts. But had he, let's say they won that Dolphin. Let's say that pass doesn't get intercepted. It goes for a touchdown and they beat the Dolphins. And then they beat the Tampa, they beat Tampa Bay and they beat Detroit. You can make the argument that Sanchez keeps the job, right? And I think this will always be the case until the Eagles find their guy. I mean, if Aaron Rodgers goes down, it doesn't matter what the backup does. You know, if Tom Brady goes down, it doesn't matter. But these are all just conversations. And let's because, not even joke about Aaron Rodgers going down. <laughs> but, I mean, these are all just conversations because Bradford's not that good. If he was really good, there would there would be no debate. It would be his team. But because – Well, this, yeah, let's, I'll preface that by I'll, – I'll just say that if the Eagles were 6-0 and and Bradford gets hurt for two games and Daniels plays well, no, then Bradford goes back in. But if they're 3-3, three and three, then he wasn't playing that great. So, yeah. Yeah. Right? Do you agree with that? Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I guess, yeah, I do agree with that. I mean, I guess it depends. I guess it depends how he's playing to get to that 6-0. and But I, I agree with you overall. If they're 6-0 and and he goes down, Chase Daniel is not going to be – Chase Daniel is not going to be the guy no matter what. So what's next? Because Howie had a, a, obviously an active week. Everyone is talking about the Eagles and, and most in a very positive way for what they did. Uh, now they have the eighth pick in the draft. They've moved up in that deal with the Dolphins. Are we done until the draft, you guys think, in terms of big moves that maybe catch us off guard or really have a big impact on the team? I mean, they'll probably sign a couple of lower-tier free agents left. But I mean in terms of something surprising. I mean, the one thing that kept coming up last week, you know, was maybe they, the structure of Bradford, Bradford's deal is they could trade him, you know, this week if they wanted to and, and not have to really pay him any money. I don't think that's going to happen. But do you guys think anything surprising, how he's got up his sleeve here? Or what do you think, Elliot? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, I think the next biggest thing they could do is potentially a Fletcher Cox extension. But, I mean, they have six, roughly 15 to $16 million left in cap space, according to the NFLPA website. About five of that's going to go to rookies. I think Howie's going to want to carry some money over. Um, so I don't think they have a ton more money to spend. I don't think there's any guys out there. 
Well, I should say I don't think there's any, any, any more guys out there worth spending on, but they've already overpaid for every single one of their free agents. So I guess you never know. But, I mean, I yeah, I, I don't think – I think the next next thing is the draft now. I mean, they moved up to number eight. They have, I think, nine picks in the draft. So the, the, the next large portion of this offseason for the Eagles is, is going to be the draft. Yeah, I could see maybe – like I said, maybe an extension for Fletcher Cox. But that, that's been talked about for a while. Um, Howie even said he, they are, you know, he wants to get one done. Um, maybe, maybe, and I, like I, with this got brought up earlier, and I agree with Elliot. I would like to see this happen. Uh, resign Nolan Carroll if he doesn't go anywhere else. Um, but yeah, I don't see any. I mean, there are no big. There aren't. There aren't many big names left. Um, you know, maybe a wide, maybe a you know, middle to road wide receiver. If there's one out there, I don't. I was looking at names. I don't. No one really jumps out at me. Um, so yeah, I, I, I don't see that maybe being able to do anything major until until the draft. And then who knows what they're going to do in the draft. They, I mean, they could do anything with number eight. They, I think they're going to move – I think they're going to move some of their other picks, maybe get get into the second round, uh, maybe move a three and a four to get a second or something like that. What do you guys think about what Howie said, uh, Elliot, in terms of the, the top ten players in this draft? Do you – uh, did you take that as he meant it at face value that they really wanted to get into the top ten and um, reference those couple years where they just missed out on a guy? Or did you – to me, I kind of wondered if he was using that as leverage to maybe trade down again and maybe try to – you know, if, if the team comes and wants to come up for fifth, from 15 to get a quarterback and he's at eight, he could probably get a boatload, including a second-round pick. I mean, I, I always think with Howie, he's thinking that way. So do you think they're going to pick at eight or do you think there's a chance they trade out? I, mean, I wouldn't say it's a zero percent chance. I think if you know the Rams want to give them back their second round pick, that would make yeah. Howie look like a hero. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, that's like the, finally ridding everything chips in. Yeah, I mean, I think Howie would probably do that. I would say, but I think there's a good chance they just pick at eight. I mean, I think there'll be players there that uh, make a lot of sense for them um, that'll fill you know needs. Obviously, uh, you know Vernon Hargraves out of Florida, a cornerback. Um, there'll be two guards or two tackles that can play guard there, and uh, Stanley and Conklin. So I think there's a very good chance that they will just just pick at eight. But I certainly wouldn't rule out trading up or, or I mean, trading down or trading up. I thought Howie was. I mean, I, I didn't see the exact quote. And I didn't hear it, but to say there's only ten. I mean, I've I've been talking to a lot of guys. I've been doing my 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 draft work because my series will start next Monday. Um, there's more than ten players in it. If he if he thinks there's only ten players in this draft, that tells you more than I want to know about Howie Roseman's draftability. There's, this isn't a bad draft. I mean, but this is a guy that took Marcus Smith at 26, so who, who am I to argue? That'll always hang over, Howie, won't it, until, until he sure. gets this thing in the right direction here. All right, before we wrap this one up, um, just kind of moving forward here, how, how has your opinion of the Eagles' roster, I guess, changed, positively, negatively, or the same since last week? I mean, how do you – I'll order it this way. Tell me how you feel now, Elliot, about the Eagles compared to you did a week ago. Just with everything all together. Hmm, that's a tough one. I mean, I will say I don't think their records improved. Um, I don't think they've. If I had to pick better or worse, I would. I would. I mean, I said earlier in, in the episode, I think they're worse off, and I think there's probably some truth to that. I mean, at the end of the day, look, they're going to be as good as Sam Bradford takes them, and I'm not trying to make that a simple answer, but. In the NFL, you're as good as your quarterback is. So, you know, if if McLeod plays really, really well and, and Brooks, you know, turns out to be a pro bowler, then, yeah, that'll help Bradford's chances. But overall, when I think of the Eagles now 
as I did as opposed to what I thought to them before the start of free agency and before these trades, I think I feel pro- probably this, roughly the same about them. I don't feel much different. Yeah, I mean, me either. I, don't, I think they went in a, they went in a big circle. I mean, they got like I said when we started. I think they got. I think Brandon Brooks is better than Matt Tobin, so they improved at one guard spot. Um, I don't think the secondaries is good without. Maxwell and, and, and right now they, they don't have Nolan Carroll. So without Maxwell, Carroll and Thurman, add in, add in, um, McKelvin Brooks and, um, McLeod, I'd rather have the other guys. So I think the secondary got worse. Um, everything else kind of stayed the same. Bradford's back. We, you know, we kind of, I, and I, and worse than, than that they're the same. Uh, I guess moving up to eight was was a good thing draft wise, but I don't I don't see any like I didn't see any um, building going on here. Like I I didn't see any like the guys are brought like they're young but they're not. I don't know I I just don't see I the, the Daniel thing still baffles me like like we said I I I I don't know if there's a plan I don't know if there's a plan and I, I'd rather have a bad plan than no plan and they don't I don't think they have a plan I think they're just going by the Okay, this guy. Oh yeah, let's let's call him. Let's sign it. Okay, okay. I, I don't see a plan, and you got to have a plan. Yeah, I got that feeling last year, and that didn't work out too well. That they last year it felt like they were just making moves one you know one after another with no rhyme or reason. This time, I guess I guess we'll see how the rest of this offseason plays out. The guys they brought in last year. What was that, Mark? So at least at least I heard of the guys they brought. Well, in. Well, that's true. Yeah, they did. They did bring in big names last year. This year, uh, the Brooks and McLeod. These guys aren't exactly big names, but. I guess for the Eagles right now, change is is the big word, and they've changed it over in just about a week. So we'll be back uh, probably next week with another episode and uh, kind of take you through anything else the Eagles do. If there's a, a Fletcher Cox move or anything else like that, we'll be back to kind of move forward, and then we'll start looking at the draft, which is, uh, what, about 40 or so days away? It's like the last weekend of April, right, guys? 28, I believe. It was the so we are uh, – the countdown to the NFL draft will be here. The Eagles have the number eight overall pick, so we'll have a lot to talk about. Uh, and Mark's uh, series will start next week. We'll be back with you then. Elliot, as always, thanks for doing this, man. Yep, sounds good. Thanks, Mark. Thank you, Joe. And thanks to all of you for listening to Episode 31 of the No Huddle Show, or Philadelphia Eagles podcast on NJ.com. Be sure to follow the show at the No Huddle Show on Twitter. We'll tweet out all the new episodes uh, and links to the posts. And, of course, on Stitcher, iTunes, anywhere you want to listen, uh, we are there. Thanks for listening. <laughs>